This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. A Volwater Predator Park owner was distraught to discover four of his beloved big cats were poisoned in the early hours of a Friday morning. Justin Fernandez posted an emotional video on his personal Facebook, which quickly went viral around the world, showing how he discovered three poisoned lions and a tiger at the Jigamara Predator Park in Limpopo, describing it as the worst nightmare of his life. Justin can be seen in the video wiping away his tears. Speaking to camera, Justin said that they were alerted to trouble at about 2 a.m. on that Friday morning when one of their wolves started barking. While walking around the park, Justin saw one of their lions, Elvis, biting on the gate. Justin has joined us in studio today to chat about that tragic ordeal and um, how we pick the pieces up from here. Justin, thank you so much for joining us on this Jackpod podcast. Morning, Brent. Thank you so much for inviting me and letting me let everybody know what happened at Jugamara Predator Park, including our lions that went through a very painful um, scenario on the 25th of May 2018. A lot of us saw that video. I, I wasn't in the country at the time, but I got alerted to it. I was, I was on holiday and the video was being shared rapidly all over social media. People were distraught following the story. What, what was that night like? Well, basically what happened was it was about two o'clock in the morning when our Canadian timber wolf Bolt started barking and he normally doesn't bark at night. And my mom woke up and heard this and she came into my room and said, Justin, come, let's go down quickly, let's go have a look. And uh, my sister just arrived in the country from Dubai about two week, uh, a week ago and she was staying with my dad and it was her first night at, at our new farm where we just moved in like two weeks ago. And um, when this wolf started barking, we came down, we had a look, we started off with our tigers that were on the left-hand side of the park, walked, 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 until we saw Elvis lying tight against the gate. And Elvis was one of your lions? Elvis was my white Timbavati lion, beautiful cat, seven years old. This guy weighed in probably at like 350, 360 kilos. He was so big I couldn't even put my arms around his stomach. He was like the most gentle giant you'll ever get to meet. And um, when we came around the corner, I saw Elvis basically biting on the center gate that splits the enclosures from the one to the left to the right. And is that something that you found abnormal, him biting at the gate? Well, basically what I thought in the beginning, um, he had his two top canine front teeth hooked on over the gate. So I thought maybe his teeth just got stuck and I thought he was battling to get out of it. So I told my mom, just run up to the house quickly, go get the enclosures, let's just take him off the gate. My mom came down, we opened up the gates, and as we opened up all the gates, I moved Elvis like off the step, and um, I looked at his eyes, his eyes were completely dilated. I just, I just want to take a step back for our listeners that perhaps didn't see the video or don't know about the park. Yes. Um, you went into the enclosure, are these, are these cat, were these cats quite tame? Elvis was actually such a tame cat that he could actually eat chicken out of my mouth. That's how gentle this cat was. With you? With me, but like I'm saying, I'm not here to bring in people to make them pay to 
be with a big cat. These cats are my priority. They're my responsibility. And you know what? For me to bring in someone even into an enclosure because they paid to be there with the cat is not worth that, let's say, five, six hundred rand. Okay, so, so, so your, your park doesn't allow the interaction, interaction with Interaction at but, all with big cats. But because they're your babies... That's the thing. I've had 10 years that I've dedicated my life solidly to these cats by spending every waking morning going out, going to make sure that they looked after, they cleaned, they, the enclosures are clean, the water's done, um, their food is prepped for the day. And like I said, I haven't had a holiday probably in the last five years just because I have to look after these cats of mine. I want to say it's beautiful, not that you haven't had a holiday, mm. but it's beautiful that you're so passionate about no, looking after absolutely. these animals. I love my kids. Okay, so so you're in the cage. Um, you're you're trying to figure out what's going on with Elvis. Yeah. So in that time when I moved him basically off the gates, I saw his eyes were completely dilated, which I had no question to think that this might be poison or anything. So I thought he was choking on something. So as I moved him off, I thought his tongue maybe rolled back because he was stuck on the gate. So I started basically giving this line CPR. I closed his mouth, closed the one nose hole, breathe through the big uh, the one other nose hole and because of me also I'm not a very big guy but uh, to give a 350 kilogram lion um, uh, CPR compressions is a bit hectic so we had to basically sit and bounce on him just to like get his uh, uh, heart rate going again and And was he quite lethargic he was sort of he well he was basically flat out he was lying completely down all that I could see is his eyes were completely dilated and he was like battling to breathe. And so I thought, this is like he's choking on something. So if I did know that he had this poison in, I couldn't even touch this cat because this poison that they put in on top of this meat for these animals to eat is so potent that um, even a granule that can get underneath your nail can go into your system and can kill you basically. So you were at risk as well. I was at risk as well because I, he had all the slime all over his mouth. This poison could have been anywhere and this stuff is like, it looks like sand. It looks like a granule and me giving him CPR and everything and um, thinking, okay, well, what's going on here now? So in that time, my sister like just woke out of bed and she came to see what's going on. She came down and she's like, hey, where's Kai? Now, Kai is one of the most um, rarest cats in the world. He's known as a golden tabby tiger. And if you go do a bit of research just on that word golden tabby tiger, you'll find out that there's only 30 of these cats in the world. How, how did you um, how did you get hold of Kai? How did um, he become one of your cats? Basically, what happened was we went to another park to buy our line that we wanted for the park. And uh, when we got to this park, um, Elvis was actually living with this tiger. So we thought, you know what? We don't want to split these guys up. So let's get both of them. And he they came with us and they've been living with us since they were probably about three months old. And um, absolutely beautiful cats. And my sister came down with a torch and shined the torch like in the enclosure to see where is Kai. And um, he said, she says, no, he's lying there next to the fences, but Kai does not lie down. He's like, he's a very bouncy cat, but 
he does if there is people he paces very drastically and and he was lying there next to the fence so i'm thinking okay let me just leave alvis quickly let me just go check kai out when i got to kai already he was as stiff as a board and um oh. it was absolutely heartbreaking and then that's when i realized okay there's poison in the enclosures and this is where i didn't carry on with alvis because i knew alvis had this poison in him and um as i'm busy sitting there with alvis i started uh two enclosures further up i started hearing my two brown lines started vomiting and i'm thinking no this can't happen this can't happen and as i was going up to them i could see they were walking all funny they were all wobbling they were banging against the 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 fencing they were trying to vomit because they were trying to get this uh, poison out now this poison is called basically timic in a street name is called two step now two step is literally that's what it takes one granule in your system you two steps you basically dead now this poison actually attacks your whole um digestive system it closes up your throat and dries out your mouth so it prevents you from swallowing it prevents you from breathing and it just destroys everything in your system so it's 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 a thing that has been banned in South Africa but um it's all been brought over basically over the border from Zimbabwe Botswana and it's 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 a thing that has to be completely get rid of in this country but How, it's sad what, what it's, it's incredibly tragic and you have me a little bit choked up listening to your story because i understand authentic. how passionate you are about your cats yeah um why do you think someone would do this? Okay, basically, um, it's the same thing as what's happening with rhinos in our country. There's a black market for it. Um, rhino horn is a, has a bigger commodity even than gold that gets extracted out of the ground nowadays. Rhino horn is more worth than what gold is. That's how scary it is. And sadly, lions are going exactly the same way. And um, what they do with these cats is they basically poison them, wait for them to die there in, in the enclosures. They come in, they cut the fence, and they hack everything that they want off these animals. And basically, these the points that they take off the cats is basically power points of an animal which makes people scared. So what makes you think that you're scared of a lion? his teeth and his claws. So those are the things that will hurt you basically from a lion. And what they do is they poison the cats, they come in, they basically chop off the, the whole nose and the mouth of the cats, their claws because it's got the, the nails in, and basically the tails what they use as whips and whatever what they do with it. So it's absolutely scary knowing what's happening to our wildlife because of black markets and underground things that happen with these stuff. So if, the, if let, let's say, um, a witch doctor uh, asks someone in the village or whatever i need to get um line claws and that they'll get paid five thousand rand to go get that or uh, whatever amount whatever the amount is. once the witch doctors get these nails and claws and teeth and everything they start doing rituals saying that yeah you can keep this lion's claw or lion's uh, tooth that will protect you like a lion would and people believe it so much that they make so much money out of it and not knowing that they're destroying every little animal that there is because yeah, well, I mean it's it's putting you, you said that that tiger there's only 30 of them in the world and now there's only 29 29, 29. so 
Um, tell me a bit about the park. How did how did that come to be? Okay, basically, uh, we shot to fame basically in 2010, where there was a tiger that jumped off the back of a bucky. Um, and I remember his that name was Panjo. Okay, so basically, what happened was my dad bought a. a uh, a retirement home game farm out in Khublasdal and that was going to be his retirement home and when we looked again every neighbor had exactly the same type of animals what we had so we decided okay let's get something different so we got giraffe the neighbors got giraffe we got <laughs> white blessed buck they got white blessed buck and um, we thought you know what let's look for something a little bit different so we drove around for about six months looking for an animal that was going to be our little mascot and um, we came across a park out in Zeros out in the northwest where they breed with these big cats. Now the sad thing about these big cats is if there's a defect with them from birth, the mother will actually kill it, consume half of it and bury the other half because the thing is the mother doesn't want to look after a cub that's going to be dying or has oh, a wow. problem so they'll get rid of it and concentrate on the strongest cubs out of all of them. And as we were about to leave this park, Punch's mom actually picked him up, bit him and threw him against the wall to try and kill him. So cut a long story short, we spoke to the owner and says, okay, cool, we want to buy this cat. We've got a game farm. We can take him there. We'll look after him. And rehabilitate and him. And rehabilitate him. But now the reason why Panja's mom actually wanted to kill him is he had mange all over his, basically, his system. He had no hair on his elbows, face, ears, and he looked like this real mangy cat. So with that, we fell in love with this cat and we took him home and um, we fell in love with this cat so much that he went everywhere with us he went to work every day with my dad when my dad's got a workshop out in springs he, um, he used to walk in between the clients cars sit on the clients cars go shopping with us go to restaurants with us and he was a big attraction wherever where we went until a point where he started getting a little bit older him becoming a little bit bigger and not physically hurting someone but he started causing a lot of damages for us uh, at 14 months old the tiger weighing in at 140 kilos oh, climbing grief. up on a client's car just got <laughs> a few dents so it got very expensive for us to have him in around the uh, the workshop and um we decided, okay, you know what? His enclosure's ready at the farm. Let's take him home. He's going to live out his life out on the farm. And uh, two weeks went by, and so many people came like past my dad's workshop. I was like, hey, where's Panjo? This is like our highlight of our day to come and see this cat. And uh, he says, no, they're getting too big now. He's staying at the farm, and um, he's going to be staying there. And everybody was like so upset about this. So he says, okay, what we'll do is we'll bring him to Springs for the last time, get um, a little... Uh, going away party for him get his tracker installed and have his last vaccinations done and I think he heard it that he's going to Springs for the last time so he thought to himself <laughs> you know what go big or go home and uh, this is where he broke out of the van and went missing for four nights and three days just after the Soccer that. World Cup yeah that I remember that and um, when we looked again we had over 15 helicopters up in the air we had over 300 people out on the ground we had Carl Zeiss Sony camera equipment that sponsored us a three and a half million rand thermal image camera to look for him at night. A sniffer dog got flown out of the Kruger National Park just to come and help sniff out where this tiger is. And all the people on the ground, we had all-terrain vehicles, we had quads, we had everything running everywhere. So um, at the end of the day, we found him just before Krobler's um, uh, Dole and in between Dalmas. So what, what was he doing? Was he hunting? Was he just chilling? Basically, it was actually a very funny story. So we got a lot of phone calls saying, oh, no, he's in Nigel. He's all over the place. He was in um, 
Where was it? Uh, yeah, I think it was yeah in Midrand as well. People spotted him. Everywhere. Oh no, we 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 were following that story. <laughs> there were, there were so many different Joe Burgers and people in Gauteng that were calling and saying that they've seen this cat. Yeah, in the meantime, it was like all these small little cats, like serval cats and things like people. <laughs> this is a big orange cat with stripes on it. It's like okay, cool. Um, so. When we looked again, there were so many people that got involved in the story and it created world headline news. And um, when Panja went back home, everybody wanted to come and see this cat. So when we looked again, we had like over 70 people a weekend on our personal grass, in our personal garden, in our personal house, just coming to see this cat. We had people from all over the world just coming to see this cat. So we thought, you know what? People are coming out this far to see this one tiger. What do they do to see a whole park? So this is where we got involved with Alvis and Kai and Tariq and Hercules. So we were going to start off our park just with these few cats and that was all that we were going to get. And um, when we looked again, people started seeing how well we looked after our cats and how passionate we are about our cats. And uh, we started getting phone calls from basically all over Africa stating, can you please help with this cat? Please rescue this one. And So it, it, be, it turned into this, this idea to have this, this park that people could come and see the cats turned into a rehabilitation park. Yeah, basically, I've got stories where um, I had Cujo, which was sadly, he was one of the cats that passed away when we moved from uh, Hroblesdal to Krugersdorp, but I'll get there, to that Nana, where he was actually bought as a security feature at a guy's scrapyard out in Benoni. In Benoni? In Benoni. He bought two tigers and... Um, I'm I'm completely flabbergasted. Yes, so I'm not going to name names or anything. But what happened? So this, this is the good thing, show. We we got <laughs> naming names. <laughs> so basically, what happened was this guy bought two tigers off the internet and basically gets delivered to his house because of the underground market where people basically breed with these cats. They sell them to people that have no idea what they're doing with these cats, thinking that, oh, no, they're going to be cute cubs. But the thing is, people don't understand that these cats grow from being a cub to being a fully matured killing machine at the ages of three years old. So please don't think that any tiger or a big cat is a toy that you can keep in your house. I know it does look like if I can do it, but I've been doing it for the last 10 years that I so know I think, what I, I'm doing. I think that's a huge call to action to anybody that's listening. Do not try and, and buy a cat or one of these big cats off the black market. They're not meant to be household toys, as you call them. Um, they're meant to be in the wild. And, and if he has another call to action, if you hear of a, a big cat that's in a place where it shouldn't be, they should give you a call, right? Because you could come course. and rescue it. Yeah, no, of course. But the sad thing is, I actually don't want to actually mention this now because it just puts so much um, pressure on people wanting to get these animals. But um, sadly, you don't need a permit to keep a tiger in South Africa. What? Because it's not a South African animal, you there's no restriction to tell you to keep a lion or a tiger in in your backyard. So um, this is why South Africa is like completely upside down. So they concentrate only on the animals that are from Africa, but they got no restriction on any animal that comes in from there any there, other country. There, there must be a way that uh, that we can legislate to change that. Like there oh. has to be. Hopefully we can one day, but now at the point, I think there's already six or seven cases of people keeping tigers in Joburg in their backyards. Jesus. And um, so it's very sad what's happening with us. But back
back now to Kujo, where this guy bought um, two tigers as his security guards in the back of his uh, garden. Um, there was a woman that phoned us, his next door neighbor. And uh, when we got this phone call, she says, oh, no, there's a tiger lying in her driveway. It's like, okay, cool. Well, let's go look. And she says, it's been lying there for a while. So I'm thinking, okay, well, tigers don't normally lie down. And um, when we got there, we actually found out that the cat was actually kicked to death and his neck was broken as a cub of like three and a half months old. Two weeks later, we got a phone call from the same guy. Can you please come and get this flipping cat because he can't live with this thing anymore. We got Cujo at about three and a half months old. He was so badly abused that his ears were the size of broccoli, the way our people used to walk past him and twist his ears. His right paw was broken by something that had over uh, three broken bones in his right uh, poor cost us over 15,000 rand just to get that right and um, yeah he was a cat that was very difficult to work with but still we he knew he was loved my mom could even still go in with him and like just feed him like slowly out of her hand but um, the older he got the more dangerous it got because he still did not trust people one bit and um, sadly what happened was through with our whole liquidation and thing we lost our park out in Kroblersdal we had to relocate the cats from there to Krugersdorp. And with all the, the stress that he went through, he passed away about two days after oh, the relocation of the um, all the cats to Krugersdorp. Where to from here? So, so I mean, we've gone through this tragic thing in May. Um, obviously, you've, you've now worked to secure your park a little bit more uh, to stop the muti killings but where to from here how do we how do we keep looking after the cats how do we uh, how do we keep the good things going for the park okay basically now at this point um, a lot of donations have been coming in and all of the donations that have been coming in towards the park is all going to security around in and in and around the cats so there's a, a camera system that's being just put up into place about a week ago um, all monitored off-site so these cats are like 24-hour surveillance that no one can even come near these cats um, at now at this point in time I'm busy breaking down all the old enclosures here in Krugersdorp moving all the fencing over to Falvater uh, now where we're going to be putting up a perimeter fence almost 50 meters away from the enclosures that people can't come near the cats that aren't supposed to be there they can't throw meat over the enclosures to get to the cats um, there's floodlights going up, there's sirens going up. This is going to be at least a half a million rand security venture that this park, that our park has to take on just to secure these cats. Where I know it does sound sad that we spend more on security where this money could have gone into the enclosures for the cats to build their swimming pools to build jungle gyms to enrich the cats lives than actually just sitting there in an enclosure the enclosures are huge they're beautiful enclosures but um, the money that was raised now could have been to better the cats lives uh, building shelters um, jungle gyms and all of that for the cats but yeah all of the money is going into the security now to protect the cats and um, you know just keep them safe well, that's it. And, and you keep rehabilitating these animals. I know that through the re rehabilitation, you can't actually put them back in the wild, right? After they've been through through traumatic sort of... Okay, well, basically, I'm not saying that they can't go back into the wild. But like I say, every viewer and every listener out here today, I know everybody's got a brain, everybody can think. But everybody says, yeah, these cats should be out in the wild. But can I ask you guys one question? Who can tell me where the wild is and where is it safe?
Well, this is, this is true. We, we're dealing with a lot of poachers, a lot of this happening in the wild itself. So you're keeping these cats safe and, uh, and we're going to keep following your story. You are online. We're going to put that uh, as a link underneath this podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Jackpot. Brent, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been amazing. Thank you. Cool. I'm Brent Lindekue, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. And you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a Jackpot podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Iona FM, or Play FM. And please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.